Hello, and welcome to the All Things Dad podcast. The All Things Dad podcast is dedicated to creating stronger men who lead stronger families to contribute to a stronger world. It's about uncovering what mindsets, habits, and other factors work and what doesn't work. My name is Brian Krupp, and I will be your host. I am a father of four young boys ages eight and under and happily married for over 10 years now. For the last few years, I've been feeling attentive to the need for strong men and fathers in our world. I've heard so many stories of how dads may have abandoned or even abused their families or maybe been emotionally more attached to their work than developing their families. I knew this was having an enormous impact on our next generation and our society and something needed to be done. So every now and then I would have these musings about maybe a blog or a coaching or other dads or the like, but I found that maybe developing a space like a podcast for dads to be encouraged and challenged in micro moments to be the most effective way in getting the most reach. For example, I find it so helpful to listen to a podcast when I'm on the train or going for a run or just doing a quick errand, and it just really helps fuel my perspective. Like I said, I have four young boys, and honestly, growing up, I really wasn't around kids too much, so I didn't really know what I was getting myself into. And for the last eight years, it's been a journey of learning through trial and error, research, talking to older and wiser guys, and reading a lot. And I hope that through this podcast, you're going to be provided with some shortcuts to being the man that not only you want to be, but that others in your life need you to be. So with that in mind, I'm glad that you joined me. And now I'm going to give you a lay of the land for some of the topics we're going to cover throughout this podcast. So while the topic isn't primarily is, well, while the topic is primarily designed at dads, it isn't just for dads. The qualities of being a strong man are needed in every man, and many people need those qualities, even if they aren't your biological children. And based on the title, you'll also see that we're going to cover a lot of topics about all, all things related to being a dad. So for our first episode, I thought it would make sense to give you kind of the key, the six key areas that dads have to pay special attention to. The first one is spiritual. And this is the element of being in touch with your higher purpose in life. Number two is self. This is about not being able to take care of others if you're drowning. This comes in the form of exercising, eating healthy, being careful about what you consume. And then number three is family. This means putting your wife first and then being a positive role model for your kids. Number four is community. This is about making a difference in your sphere of control, the people around you, your neighborhoods, people in your work. Number five is at work. We all have a job. What we do to earn a living, to pay for food and shelter and all the other stuff that goes with the cost of living. But how do we really thrive in that area to make a meaningful impact in our world? And six and last is money. Now, it is my belief that we are all stewards and of the money and the resources that we earn. And it is our responsibility to do the very best job we can in the way we earn and steward that money. So we're going to cover some tips on how to do that in the best way possible. So let's go a little bit more in depth into each of these categories to really explain what we're going to be talking about. So first off, when I say spiritual work, this may turn a few people off. And if you're not religious at this point in time, that's okay. I still want you to keep listening 
because I strongly believe that there are still going to be clear takeaways for you. The main idea here is that you believe in something higher than yourself, that you are not the center of the universe. You have a strong moral compass that guides you and something you can fall back on, especially when times are tough, when you have hard decisions to make, and something to look back to when times are good. Personally, this is God for me. Being a Christian, I want to let God's word guide me as my moral compass. My God is the light that gives me clarity on where to go and how I ought to speak and behave. My God is the one I praise when times are good and the same one I call to when times are tough or when I have big decisions to make. And to be honest, this is not always easy, but it is really important. I look back on times in my life when things were hard. Maybe I had a tough relationship. Maybe I had financial issues. I had a big decision to make. And I look to God and wait on his word. And throughout all those times, I've seen him come through in those areas to guide me. Now, the next area is self. I think it's safe to say everyone has heard those instructions about you have to put on your own oxygen mask before helping others. Personally, I have a really hard time with that one because it feels selfish to look after my own needs first before helping others. And I think it's easy for this mindset to creep into my rhythm of, rhythm of life if I'm not careful to know exactly what it means to practice sufficient self-care. But here's what it could look like practically at, the, at its most basic level, and we'll expand on this in future episodes. But the first really practical tip is to get at least eight hours of sleep. You may argue you can get away with five or six, but research shows that seven to nine hours is the ideal amount to let your body and your mind recharge. The next practical tip here is around exercise. And it's recommended that people, and especially men, exercise hard for at least 150 minutes per week, which is about three separate 50-minute workouts per week. This isn't just a leisurely walk, but this is high-intensity, muscle-exhausting, heart-pumping exercise that gets you moving. And ideally, this is done in the morning, which, again, research shows have cumulative positive benefits for you throughout the day. For me, I go to a free workout group called F3. I work out with anywhere from 10 to 30 other guys at 5.15 in the morning, and I'm back home right as the kids are waking up. Some mornings is really hard, to be honest, and I don't go every day because it's it's early. But over time, I really do feel those positive effects of positive self-image, increased confidence, connection with the community, and more energy. So I recommend that you get out there, try to do something that gets your body going each and every day, and you're going to see those benefits for you. The next one is eating clean. And I am by no means perfect at this one, but I do try to be mindful of eating a balanced diet of protein, less processed foods, grains, and more organic fruits and vegetables, as well as reduced caffeine and sugar. But what does this look like in real life? I mean, it's going to vary from person to person and your dietary needs. So, you know, kind of take what makes sense for you, but just be mindful about what are you consuming? So for me, it's two or three eggs in the morning, sometimes toast, butter, apple, banana, uh, maybe a sandwich for lunch. And the wife does a great job in making well-rounded, healthy dinners. We're also huge fans of popcorn as our bedtime snack. But honestly, the more often I can go without that snack, at least three to four hours before I go to sleep, the better I sleep and the better I feel the next day. So you kind of have to experiment with that one and see what works for your body and what's going to give you the most energy. Next is time to yourself. Now, this is a really kind of an interesting one, especially in our culture where it's expected that you're a go, go, go. But this could just be time to simply do nothing, literally. Just sitting outside, being in nature, letting your mind wander, maybe just listening to some relaxing music, going for a walk. 
And no, contrary to what our culture says, this is not unproductive. Consider even getting just like a coloring book or maybe just letting your imagination go. Listen to a fictional audiobook. Letting your mind go and taking time to notice what you tend to think about can signal things that you may need to address. So the next one is picking up a hobby. I'm an avid learner and I just love the general process of picking up something new and the satisfaction of gaining competency in a new skill. Lately, my son has been learning how to do a Rubik's Cube as a way. So as a way to connect with him and to develop a new skill for myself, I've been learning to do that with him too. And it's just so satisfying and helpful to keep my brain sharp by challenging myself, getting myself out of the day today. And my wife has also recently picked up a new hobby in gardening and she loves it. It gets her out of her normal environment. She loves being outside and she enjoys the fruit of her harvest. Our last one in terms of the self category is around screen time. Now, this is really difficult. All of our jobs require us to be on computers, or at least a lot of us, and we're all addicted to our smartphones and to TV. And if you don't believe me, just think about the last time that your phone wasn't at least five feet from you. And I was noticing that I was spending at least three or four hours a day on my phone, and I was constantly finding myself making sure it was in my pocket. But lately, I've just been keeping my phone in other rooms while I work, and even during dinner. And I've noticed such an amazing difference when it comes to focusing at work to productivity, as well as paying more attention to my family and having really quality conversations. All right, so that's it about self. Let's move on to family. So I know people always say family first, which we can all agree is kind of a general cliche, but what does it actually mean practically? For me, this has always been a high priority. And I try to show it by doing some simple things like being home for dinner, not checking my email or instant messages during dinner or family time, or being emotionally present by focusing 100% on who I'm with at a certain time. When I might be tempted to think about that work problem I have, my annoying coworker, or the round of golf I just played. So when I think about family, I always have to be challenging myself to think deeply about what kind of family philosophy am I living out day to day? If someone from another country came to my house and observed us for a day, what would they notice? What's important to us? How do we treat each other? How present are we? How much do we find ways to enjoy being with each other? It may seem corny, but once in a while, maybe every year, I'll sit down and reflect, what is the mission of our family? What are our values? And so my fam- for my family at this point in time, I would say that our mission is to create meaningful memories together. Our values are to love God, to care for others, to develop strong work ethic, and to be who God created us to be. All right, let's move on to community. As you may have already been connected the dots here, each of these areas of being an effective dad and man isn't in isolation. They are interconnected and have additive effects on other areas. For example, the more I practice personal effectiveness habits by eating well, sleeping, and exercising, I have more energy and mental capacity to be a good father and to be living out my mission in life. The same goes with community. Community is about making a difference in your sphere of control around your neighborhood, people at your work, with your family. So for example, for that workout group F3 that I mentioned earlier, I exercise with those guys, but we also have regular opportunities to serve our local community through donations, service projects, and helping out our neighbors. We continuously donate to local food pantries, help each other with house projects, and even moving. This is a way for you to make your mark on the world in seemingly little but significant ways. 
Maybe you can't control what happens in sub-Saharan Africa, but you can help those who are homeless in your local city. Maybe you can't directly help those affected by a tsunami in Japan, but you can help a local food pantry. Being involved in your community is also related to your spiritual work. Being connected to something larger than yourself and getting out of your personal bubble. All right, two more areas to go. The first is career. We all have work. The thing that we do to earn a living, to pay for food and shelter, and all the other stuff that goes with the cost of living. But how do we thrive? Again, this can be related to our community and our spiritual work, connecting our day job to impact. And in this way, we find ways to have significance in our world. There are also connections to your ability to community work, making an impact in your sphere of control. The most essential part in this section of your career is to find a job where one, you are working in an area that actively requires your natural talent, which are your naturally recurring thoughts, feelings, and behavior. And two, something you have an innate, innate interest in or a calling to. I'm definitely one of those guys who thinks that the grass is always greener on the other side of the fence. So for a long time, I was dissatisfied with whatever job I had, always yearning for that next step. But what I've been finding as I get older is that I can find ways to practice my natural talents and connect to my natural interests if I'm intentional in crafting those opportunities at my workplace. And I think another myth in our generation is that we're always going to have some kind of significant impact each and every day. And if we don't, that job's not the right job. But the reality is that work usually is just that. It's work. And the benefits of work will rarely be recognized or seen by others. Some of this may be mundane. And to be honest, those are sometimes the things that matter most. For example, maybe I think it's mundane to schedule appointments for my team when that may not be, quote unquote, an effective use of my time. But the reality is that maybe people notice how responsive I am to set up that meeting proactively to follow up on an urgent client need. And because of that, my customer appreciates it and my team knows they can rely on me to be a team player. So bottom line here, don't take yourself too seriously, but take your customer and your people around you the most seriously in what you're doing. All right, our last category is around money. So it's not last on the list for just any reason. I think money is about being a steward of the resources given to us. And this relates back to our spiritual work. What is the larger picture we are living for? In my perspective, money is not the end game, but the medium by which we can first meet our basic needs and then create impact on larger initiatives. A core principle of this is that I consider myself a steward. A steward is someone who manages a resource for somebody else. In my worldview, I see money as God's first and foremost, and that he has blessed me with a job and income I need to take care of my needs. And that's also my responsibility not to be selfish with it, but to use it to care for others as Jesus Christ would. Now, in practice, this means not buying the most expensive house or car, not spending extravagantly on my personal hobbies like golf, keeping to a responsible budget, and finding ways to share how I've been blessed. Now, honestly, money has been a distraction for me in the past. It has overcome my heart and my thoughts constantly, worrying about having enough. But I have to bring myself back to whose money is this really? And am I meeting my basic needs or believing that I deserve more succumbing to a company's marketing ploy? I am not, again, perfect at this either, but something I've been teaching my boys at an early age is a model of managing their money. 
So this is how it goes. Each month, I give them $10 each. I have four boys. I give them $10 each. And it's not around like an allowance per se. It's more of, okay, I'm sharing my money with them to help them learn how to manage it. So they're stewarding my money for me. So 50%, $5 goes to spending. And the beauty of this is that throughout the year, they can save up this money for spending. They can bring on vacation with them and they can use that money to buy things that they want and they can save it up for things that they really want. And this really goes to help them learn that skill of delayed gratification. Now, the next 20%, so the first 50% goes to spending, the next 20%, which is $2, goes to saving. So this is about having that discretionary income that goes to putting a nice nest egg together, emergency fund that is there just in case they need it. The next 20% goes to investing. So this is about building that compounding interest, about saving for long-term. And lately, this summer, we've been actually doing lemonade stands and kind of teaching the whole idea of a business model around investing costs into materials like lemonade, into cups, into a table to put the lemonade stand on. And so that goes to show, and then through those efforts, how they can actually make money by investing money. So 50% goes to spending, 20% goes to saving, 20% goes to investing. The last 10% goes to giving. And this really helps us reinforce the fact that this is money that, because they've been blessed with it, they can then go out and share with others. So they give to a local church. They sometimes will give money to their family. They sometimes will create uh, packets for the homeless that we pass by on the streets. And it's just really cool to see their heart and how they give to others. So this model, I guess, in general, just ensures that you're actively focused on never spending more than you earn and always putting money away for the future. Maybe you can make an argument that this is too extreme, but I've just learned the hard way at times that giving in to immediate gratification has long-term implications. Learning to save early and often gives you more freedom long-term. So as we conclude, the purpose of this first podcast was to give you a primer for the topics that we're gonna cover in upcoming episodes. We just barely touched the surface and hope to provide you some more practical tips for you to apply in your life in the weeks to come. We'll see you all next time on the All Things Dad podcast. 